It's a mystery. A mystery designed to encourage. Next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. A mystery, a mystery designed to be understood. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Ephesians chapter 3 is where we find ourselves as we continue our series, God's Design for Life. Join us there, and as you find your place in Ephesians 3, mark on your calendar Saturday, June 4th. Save the date and join us. You are our special guest. It's our Truth For Today listener celebration, Saturday, June 4th, 4.30 to 7.30, here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Free food, fellowship, great testimonies, and Ron Walters, and of course, you. More at the close of the program, but for now, here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast. I want us to consider three things from this, this passage. The message of the mystery. Paul said he's entrusted with a mystery. Now, don't get ready for an Alfred Hitchcock hour. Uh, we take mystery to be something like, you know, that Alfred would come up with. We'll find out uh, that that's not at all what a mystery is. And then we're going to look at the messenger. And that's Paul and his attitude uh, in being entrusted with this mystery. Being entrusted with this great truth that he unfolds. And then I want us just to reflect a bit on the meaning it ought to have on us to look at it and to several things we ought to just consider about it. I think that when I come to uh, a passage like this, I, I just don't think it does much for a lot of people. Maybe they don't know what mystery is, but there's something that Paul is saying here if I just say in a capsule, he said, God employed me, a Jew, a Jewish Pharisee and rabbi. He took me and captured me and he entrusted me with a message that he calls the mystery. And I am spending all of my life going to Gentile people trying to let them in on this sacred secret that God is making known at this time, which primarily is Gentile dogs, Gentiles who have had no covenants, no way of salvation in the Old Testament for centuries, the Gentiles who've been staggering through the centuries in darkness, in sin, without hope, without messianic promises, without any future, your people, I'm assuming most of us are Gentiles, your people and my people had no good news for centuries about eternity. Our ancestors perished without Christ. And here Paul is saying, I've been telling you in chapter two what God has done for you Gentiles. Matter of fact, I'm in prison because I bear this message and my Jewish brethren have imprisoned me. You read that in Acts. But he said, I've been entrusted with this mystery. And the only way that I can help you, I think, get the feeling of what's going on would be to do and think in our history that in 1861, 
a civil war broke out. Now the civil war didn't start out just about slavery. It's about cotton, about economics, about states' rights, about a non-central government. There were a lot of issues going. But Abraham Lincoln on January 1st, 1863, the third year of the bloody Civil War, made a proclamation called the Proclamation that Emancipates. I downloaded it from the National Archives because I want the whole copy. But let me just give you a brief statement here. The proclamation declared that all persons held as slaves within the rebellious states are and henceforth shall be free. And it took another two to three years before that declaration was ever realized because the war had not been won. But at that time, they got it out. This is the first time that black people could join the U.S. military. At this time, northern slaves begin to join the war effort to the chagrin of many uh, Anglo officer. But this proclamation gave them right to join the Union forces. And so that, that emancipation said to a African-American in the South or the North who could not vote, who could not own property, who had to suffer all kinds of discrimination, the President of the United States said, we're fighting a war, and if we win this war, one of the benefits of winning this war, well, we're going to emancipate you. Now, what would you feel like if you could bear that message to your people in that day and go and say, you don't have to work for nothing any longer. You now get to vote. You don't have to just eke out a living. You literally can be a part of the country. Imagine. And then you take 100, 125, 130 years later, you could be an African-American and have no, uh, it, it, I, I've always had this. You haven't always had it. A war was fought. There is a distinction in your whole history. And this is really what Paul is saying to the whole Gentile world. Gentiles, hear me. When Jesus Christ, the Jewish Messiah, came and died on the cross, a part of his worldwide salvation plan is... He has done some remarkable things to you. He's brought you to equal footing with Old Testament Israel in the privileges of the people of God. This is astounding. This has never been said in the history of the world until 50 AD. That's what he's really saying. And we as Gentiles now, you know, we've had Christianity for 1900 years. No big deal. We've got right you know, we're outnumbering the Jews and we, no matter how much we outnumbered them, we never had access to God until Jesus came and he commissioned prophets and apostles to tell us about this. Now, let's look at the message of the mystery. What is it saying? First of all, let me give you a definition of this word mystery. It's very simple. It's right there in the text. Maybe that's why we don't get it. Uh, a mystery, in verse 3, is something made known by revelation. God revealed it. In verse 5, it was something not known in other generations as now having been revealed. 
So we call it a sacred secret that has been way back here. It was in the eternal purpose of God that someday he'd make a people of Jew and Gentile in one body. But the mystery is it's now being unfolded to us. In the New Testament, I think there's about 10 or 12 mysteries. Uh, the mystery of the rapture, that uh, people will be alive and caught up to heaven. Paul said this is a mystery, 1 Corinthians 15. The mystery of the incarnation of Christ, that godliness would go incarnate and on public view. Uh, the mysteries of the kingdom, Matthew 13. Sacred secrets that God had chosen now to unfold. And Paul is saying, God has entrusted me, the apostle Paul, in a special way to bear the sacred secret to the Gentiles. He wants to unfold something never known before. And we're going to look at how he unfolds that. Now, look at what the mystery is all about. He tells them in verse 6 what it involves. He said, uh, the mystery, primarily three things. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. And in the Greek, there's three together terms here. Three things we get together with Israel. We're heirs together, members together, and sharers together with Israel in the promises of God. First thing. We have become heirs together, which means the Gentiles have become a part of the family of God. Treat it like family, an heir. Uh, when you're going to inherit, you better be a part of the family. No big deal. Wait, move from dogs, move from non-privileged, move from disenfranchised to privilege. This is incredible. Wait, you become a part of the family of God? This is the mystery. The mystery Paul is revealing and why he preached to the Gentiles is God wants to make you heirs as well as Jewish people. And of course, the great tragedy today is what? The Jewish people have rejected Messiah as a whole and don't even enjoy the status now because they thought just being physically Heirs to Abraham gave them everything Messiah would give. And Paul writes, being a physical descendant of Abraham does not give you this. It must be a circumcision, not of the body, but of the heart. Romans 9 through 11. And then he says, God is using us Gentiles now to provoke Israel to jealousy that we are enjoying what they are not even a partaker of. Deborah Anderson in our church it was Deborah Hurst when she came. We were singing one time in a song service. She's a Jewish lady. And uh, she said one time as we were having a praise service afterwards, she said, sometimes I'm so moved that you people are singing what my people ought to be singing. You're singing of this great salvation of God that Jesus has come. You think Jesus was a Gentile idea. It was not. Messiah we didn't invent. He was a Jewish Messiah. But when he came and was rejected, he said, in the plan of God, I'm going to include the Gentile world. I'm going beyond a nation and taking in the world. And oh, what a privilege. Heirs, 
heirs. The Gentiles have become heirs of God through Jesus Christ. Marvelous, marvelous truth. Paul said, I can't be quiet about it. I'll go to jail for it. That's what he's saying. Then he goes on to say, we're members of one body. That seems like a miracle. Uh, a people that with all the animosity that was between those two people. Now you figure the, the Gentiles, we, we captured them. We took them into Babylon. The Syrians invaded them. The Romans, uh, how would you feel if a German army moved in on us and we had to live under German rule under a Hitler? How do you think we feel about Germans? I want to tell you, it could be plenty of hate. It doesn't matter what nationality. Anybody who suppresses you and puts their foot on your neck, you can learn to hate easily. And now all of a sudden he says, I want to tell you something. Racial, religious strife is ended. Not really religious because you've got to have the same God and the same faith. But this racial animosity, Jew, Gentile, ends because I'm going to form you both as believers in this one body the church. So now in God's reckoning, there's three groups of people, Jews, Gentiles, church. First Corinthians, I think it's 1032. The three groups in his mind. And if you're in the church, you don't get to build anything on your Jewishness or your Gentileness. You build it upon, I'm in Christ himself. Then the third thing says, Together, we've become sharers in the promise. Notice there it's singular. Because going back to chapter 1 and verse 13, uh, chapter, uh, in this latter part of this chapter, it's probably the promise we got plugged into it by becoming partakers of the Holy Spirit. That when we were sealed, the spirit of promise came into us and when you've got the Holy Spirit, he guarantees the promises of God. He enables us to realize those promises. So the very fact that we Gentiles too have the Holy Spirit says, hey, you've been plugged into the promises of God. You're a spirit indwelt people. What a marvelous, marvelous privilege. Hey, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, members of the same body and made a partaker of the promises that he said in chapter two, you didn't have any promises before Jesus. You had nothing. I mean, let's take your ancestor. We don't, but none of my ancestors had any promises. When Abraham was on the earth, we had no promises. When David was ruling from Jerusalem, my people had no promises. Neither did yours. This is one of the greatest things that the Gentile world could ever hear. They didn't get it. They didn't comprehend it. And it was knocking the Jewish apostles over. You can, uh, you don't, you mean they don't have to obey the Sabbath rules. They don't have to go on the law of Moses. They don't have to become circumcised as Jews. They don't have to become Jews. No, we'll meet in Acts 15 to say the Gentiles are justified by faith alone in Christ. And they don't become Jews. They become Christians. It's a marvelous thing. I don't have to go through Moses to get to God. I go through the middleman, Christ. And he came even for us. Oh, it's marvelous. But you may have heard it so long, had it so long that, eh, I got it coming. You don't have anything coming. This is grace. What we really had coming was judgment and God sends his Messiah. 
What a marvelous thing. Look at the messenger. I became a servant of this gospel. Any servants of the gospel in this place? Now just ask yourself that question. Am I a servant of the gospel? Do, am I serving to get the gospel out? The good news that God would make people heirs, members of the body, uh, partakers of the promise of God. Paul said, I'm a servant of this glorious good news. And part of the gospel to interchange here for him is the good news includes this mystery when it comes to the Gentiles. God's including you. I became a servant of this by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. He's saying, I was assigned to serve out of grace and I was empowered by God's spirit. Watch this. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable, which means infinite. There's about 15 translations on this word, but it really means infinite. You, you can't find the depths. There are more riches in Christ than you'll ever plumb. They're untraceable, untrackable, uh, in, undescribable. They're infinite. And he said, God has entrusted to me the privilege as an apostle that I'm getting by direct revelation, this truth. And I've become a prisoner for it. I've become a servant of it. And I'm entrusted with it. And you know, all week I've been thinking, I didn't want this chapter to move me. I wanted to be in charge of it. I was telling Pastor Rollins, I said, sometimes we're in charge of the Bible and it's not in charge of us. I was moved as I read it. That here, I'm not an apostle. I'm not a prophet. But I got the same revelation by scripture. I can tell a Gentile man, did you know that God's found a way to make you an heir? Did you know God has revealed a way you can become a member of his son's body? Did you know that you can become a partaker of promises not given by presidents or councils or UN, but by the divine majesty on high, you can touch and plug into divine promises? I get to do this by just proclaiming what's been written. I don't know, I've got a revelation, but it's written. Paul got it directly from the Lord and he writes it down. Are you a servant of this gospel? What drives us as a church? To tell people good news or bad news? To see how many people we keep guilty because they can't do enough of the rules, jump through enough hoops? Honey, you can't jump through enough hoops to ever win God's favor. You've got to come to Christ. He is your favor. He is the one that can get you a standing with God. And it's not your ability to be religious, keep all the rules, and learn to act like a stereotype Christian. Get over it. He saves sinners that believe him and trust him. Why would he say this? He's saying, when I think of what I was when God found me and what I've been entrusted to get out. I'm less than the least of everything God could use. Because he said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1, he said, you've got to know when God found me, I was persecuting the church of God. 
I had just come from Acts 7 where I consented to the death of Stephen. I'd got letters from the Sanhedrin. And in Acts 9, I'm going to Damascus to see Christians killed. I'm there to incarcerate. I'm there to persecute. And on the way to persecute, I'm stricken, knocked off a donkey, see a light brighter than the noonday sun. And when God got through with me on that Damascus road, I was commissioned to be an apostle to bear this message to the nations. I can never forget what Stephen looked like as the stones crushed his skull. I can never imagine the death plots I had already conjured up to kill the people I now am a part of. He said, you must know that God stooped way down to employ me to preach this gospel. The gospel I hated, the people I hated, the Messiah I rejected, and now I've been commissioned to bear this message. What were you before God saved you? Why did God track you down to save you, to make you one of his witnesses? Were you a drug dealer? Were you a drug user? Were you a pompous, arrogant, self-sufficient, I don't need God person? Did you hate Christianity because all Christians are hypocrites? What were you before God knocked you off the donkey, forgave you of your sins and said, I want you to get up and bear witness to the fact that if I'd stoop low enough to save you, there's gotta be hope for the rest. And that's what Paul is saying, I'm less than the least and I've been given the exalted privilege of being entrusted with this mystery to preach it and get it out to the Gentile audience. And when you think, if you draw a map from Jerusalem, and you go all around the boot there in Italy. You go down to Crete. You go up to Galatia, way up there, Cappadocia, uh, my Bithynia, Philippi, Thessalonica. Just get yourself a little map in the back of your Bible and see how far he got with it. Lystria, Derby, Iconium, Corinth. He didn't do bad for one man without a microchip. No man that can make a Southwest ticket reservation, had to go on ship vessels, overland, among robbers, three days and nights on the deep, robbed, beaten, gone hungry, all for what? For the glorious privilege of getting this good news to the Gentile world. Sometimes I ask, if God was depending on us to get out the word and the gospel to this county, will it happen? He says, God gave me this grace to preach the unsearchable riches, to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. This word administration can be translated house rule. It's oikos nomos, house law. It can be translated stewardship. Sometimes you get see translated economy. It's basically a household structure. And he says, I am preaching about the administration of God's grace. God's got this household that he's running on the principles of grace. You get into it by the grace of God. It's rules of the grace of God, not Moses' law. And he said, I'm in charge as a steward over this household, dispensing to all the household 
the infinite riches of Christ. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Our series is called God's Design for Your Life. As we close the program out, we would invite you to contact us if you would like to obtain a copy for yourself of either today's message or the entire series. Call us today, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. While you have us on the phone, ask us about our Truth For Today Listener Celebration event coming up June 4th. Save that date. Mark it off on your calendar and join us. It's a Saturday, 4.30 in the afternoon till 7.30 here at Valley Bible Church at the Family Life Center. Join us for a celebration of God's goodness to the Truth For Today ministry since 1997. That's almost 20 years. What an amazing time that we've had together studying God's Word and growing in His grace, and we want to celebrate that. So won't you join us? Again, save the date, June 4th, 4.30 to 7.30, here at Valley Bible Church at the Family Life Center. Again, information can be had at 855 833 9864, or simply visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org. If you would like a copy of today's program, a prayer request, maybe you would like to partner with us financially, we would love to hear from you. Call, drop by our website, or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California, and the zip code is 94547. Thank you so much for joining us today, and until next time, God bless.